Well, you're listening to Right at the Fork. This is Chris Angelus, and uh, we are happy to have you here with us. You might want to check out our new awesome website that Heather put together, uh, rightatthefork.com. Of course, you know all the places where you can listen to our podcast, and uh, we hope you share those with your friends. On our new website, there is a donate button, and uh, you are welcome to help us keep this podcast on the air, uh, showcasing artisans and chefs and other folks involved in the food industry in Portland. Um, I wanted to give a shout out to uh, our friend Martin in Alaska, who uh, goes by BBQ Sockeye on Twitter. Uh, He sent us a very generous donation, and we thank him so much for thinking of us and uh, being the first to jump on that bandwagon. Uh, You can also find the podcast at Discover Portland, Portland Food and Drink, Food Carts Portland, and Portland Food Adventures. So uh, check out any way that you feel might be the best for you, and uh, we're glad you're here with us. Today, we have Denise Braley of Whole Foods Market. Her job is very cool. It's West Coast Forager for the company. She travels the region looking for various products to showcase and sell uh, on Whole Fo- at Whole Foods uh, and put on their shelves. Um, she has a very interesting background growing up on, in Ohio on a farm and, um, and created her love of food uh, from there and uh, went from politics back to uh, Whole Food, into Whole Foods and has grown with the company for 20 years or almost 20 years. So uh, she's held various positions, the last five being in the Northwest uh, foraging products uh, that would be awesome for Whole Foods to sell. And her story is very interesting. You're going to hear about how to approach Whole Foods, how you might get a loan through Whole Foods to help you develop your product and uh, put it on their shelves. So uh, we're glad to have you here with us today. And we're also glad to have Denise here with us today. I sometimes forget to do that myself, but I'm, I am silenced. My phone is, I'm not. <laughs> Some wish. Well, you wouldn't, you wouldn't want you to be silenced. You're the host. No. Nothing like dead airtime on the radio. Well, it's not radio. That's the good thing. Oh, sorry. Podcast. So if we have dead airtime, we can actually oh, we just can make actually sure that doesn't happen. Oh, we can actually edit it out. But we don't do a lot of editing here. We want to keep it as... Uh, as real as possible. Um, sure. Now, is it better to do headphones or not? You see what you think. Okay. All right. We've just had a couple of people who don't like it. That's all. So you just have to listen to your, if you want. You know, some people don't like hearing their voice. Oh, I love hearing my voice. Well, there you go. So you should I be good. I think I have a voice for radio. Oh, there you go. <laughs> but see, now it's a voice for podcasting. I have to keep oh, correcting. because. Okay. I, I like not being on the radio. Oh, okay. I like that it's a podcast. This way you can control the end product I better. I just like the vibe better. Mm-hmm. We don't have any echoing voices coming in in the middle of our interview. No commercials. We get to, right. We just get to talk. Well, there'll be, we'll, we'll, we'll have something like a commercial. Right. But, uh, but it's a little different. Yeah, but we don't have to stop talking to We don't do have to stop. I don't have to keep reminding everybody. Yeah. Um, but... Um, Anyway, it's a nice vibe, and I'm glad you came. Well, thanks. Thank you. So um, you've got a pretty, you've got a p- pretty uh, interesting job that affects a lot of people, putting products into Whole Foods. 
And you're responsible for the Northwest, all the stores in the Northwest? Well, um, Whole Foods Market is uh, organized by regions. And so I'm responsible for the Pacific Northwest region, which includes Oregon, Washington, British Columbia, and Alberta. So, yes. Now that's a, so you're traveling a lot? I am traveling a lot. How, how many days a week are you on the road? Well, um, you know, it can vary from week to week, but some weeks I'm on the road five days a week. Actually, some days I'm on the road seven days a week. <laughs> and where are you based out of? Uh, I actually live in Seattle now, but mm-hmm. I've lived in Vancouver, British Columbia at one point. But, um, you know, I've lived in Seattle now since I moved out to the West Coast in 1999. And was that from Ohio? No, actually, it was from Washington, D.C. From Washington, D.C. Yeah, so I I grew up in Ohio on a farm, but when I graduated from college, I left Ohio behind and lived on the East Coast for quite a long time. So this is our Ohio day, by the way. We we talked to uh, Jamie from Quinn Candy, and she grew up, she was talking about the Ashtabula newspaper, and Mm -hmm. that's where she read about Portland. Where in Ohio did you... Well, I grew up on in a small town. It's actually called Spencer, Ohio. It's in Medina County. It's about 45 minutes south of Cleveland. And um, I grew up on a farm there. My dad, who is 85 and still going strong, um, he still lives there. He just had four calves this season. He's got three more cows waiting to give birth. So it's uh, it's still a working farm. And how is farm life going? I mean, I'm sure 85 years old, he's seen everything. He went through the Depression. Was he a farmer through the Depression? Well, actually, this farm has been in our family since his grandfather's wow. time. So it's been in our family for more than 100 years now. His, his grandfather, um, when he got married, he moved to this land and... Uh, started the farm. My grandfather was born there. My dad was born there. And um, then we moved to the farm when I was in third grade. And my dad has lived there ever since. So what do you remember most about your days on a farm as a kid? What what, um, what, what smells or what, uh, what things do you remember that really appealed to you and things that made you want to leave and go to Go to the West Coast. Go to the West Coast. Um, Well, you know, it's funny. Um, Probably my earliest memory of the farm was with my grandmother and grandfather. And my grandmother had um, a chicken business. So she used to sell eggs and uh, fresh chicken into Cleveland. So I was, because I'm the oldest grandchild, I got to go with her on her egg route. And I can remember sitting in the brooder house where all of the chicks would hatch, sitting on a little bale of straw surrounded by all these, you know, fluffy yellow baby chicks. So that's probably my earliest memory. Um, The other thing that was always a tradition is we had Sunday dinner at my grandparents' house, too. And so my grandmother would, um, and we often had fried chicken for Sunday dinner. And the chicken would have been in the backyard on Saturday, and then it would be fried chicken on Sunday. On Sunday. Bet you that was some pretty good fried chicken. It was great fried chicken. (laughs) Great fried chicken. So, you know, I guess the thing that, um, in terms of other things, I mean, you know, it's interesting. You always remember smells, like the smell of hay in the barn. The smell of um, cow feed, which I still love that smell even today. 
Um, you know, because my grandfather, the farm was a dairy when my grandfather was there. So I've always been around animals. And, and uh, because it was a family farm, it was that complete cycle where you grew the crops that fed the animals. You had a garden. So, um, you know, food has always been an important part of our family my entire life on both sides of my family because my mother's family were farmers too. So my mom and dad went to high school together. So they have known each other practically their whole lives. And so my other grandmother's farm was kind of cross fields from where we ended up living. And so one of the great things when we were growing up is because I've got five brothers and sisters, it's really unusual to get to do anything by yourself. So at my grandmother Stefinski's house, we got to stay for a whole week by ourselves with my grandmother on her farm. So that was our summer vacation. So that was fun. Oh, that's cool. So what what brought you out of Ohio? Was it college or? Uh, Yeah, you know, I was, um, you know how some people just have this vision for how their future is going to be. And I always loved, you know, learning and reading. And so from a very early age, I knew that I wanted to go to college. And so I did go to college. And after, and I um, majored in political science. I minored in that. I know. It's, I don't know what good it did me. but And actually, I took courses in Marietta, Ohio. Oh, you did? See, I graduated from the College of Worcester in okay. Ohio. I think we used to play you in football. Yeah, probably. I was only there for one semester. Oh, so. Well, um, yeah, so I graduated with a degree in poli-sci and ended up getting a job in Washington, D.C. at Common Cause. And um, Those were the days where you could have a degree in poli-sci and get a job. Exactly. Right? There's no, yeah. That would not happen today. I don't think. It's unlikely. <laughs> Based on what I hear and read, you can't, that's not happening. Yeah, well, it was, it was a great job. I mean, I worked there for three years, and, um, you know, it's funny, How though. How was it a farm girl from Ohio in... In D.C., that must have been a little culture shock for you. Well, not as much as it might have been because I had done an internship there when I was in my junior year. So I had been in in D.C. for a few months doing an internship before I graduated from college. And uh, before that, I had um, been um, in New York City um, studying through Drew University at the U.N. So I had kind of gotten some experience a little bit with some big cities. But I'll tell you, my first day in New York was quite eye-opening. What happened? Well, I just, I had never been anywhere where you saw that many people all together at once. Um, I was on Fifth Avenue and it was raining. And so looking down Fifth Avenue, all you saw were umbrellas, a sea of umbrellas. You couldn't really even see the people underneath them. But um, I loved it. I mean, here's a contrast for you. You're talking about going to visit your grandmother. Mm-hmm. That was your vacation, and uh, on the farm. When I, not that this is about me, but if I find it kind of interesting. You mentioned the UN. My, some of my school vacations were spent a block away from the UN, where my grandmother lived. Oh my god! And so we used to go to the UN, and and uh, the, I remember my favorite memory of New York City was the RCA building, where I could go and click buttons and push things and things happen. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I didn't have as much culture shock. But it's just interesting, the contrast with grandparents oh, um, yeah. and what we viewed as something we looked forward to and the memories. I still smell the waffles. Mm-hmm. So um, so that's, so we're, you're in 
the political industry, and now you're in the food industry. How'd you make that transition? Well, um, believe it or not, I was working as in human resources, um, and I have never had never been to Europe. And there was a little company in Washington, D.C. called Marvelous Market that had opened and they were doing the first European style hearth breads in the city. And I used to drive by this bakery every day coming home from work and I would stop there a couple times a week and get a loaf of bread. Great bread. And so they were looking for part time people to work on the weekends. And I thought, wow, this is perfect. I can get a part-time job, save the money, and take my trip to Italy. So I got a part-time job. I was working Friday, Saturday, Sunday, having a blast. Because what better thing to do than to talk to people about great food, right? So the owner of the company, um, Mark Furstenberg, who actually was just nominated for a James Beard Award, came to me and he said, hey, I'd really like you to come work for us full time. And I said, Mark, that's really flattering, but you know, I've got a real job. Yeah, and I want to go to Italy. Exactly. Well, he said, no, 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 you don't understand. We're opening a new store in Bethesda. They were going to open a second location in Bethesda, Maryland, and we want you to be the manager of it. And don't ask me why, but I took my nine to five corporate job and set it aside and said, Hey, this sounds like fun. Let's do it. How old were you then? Uh, I was in my 30s somewhere and um, opened the store, was having a blast, had all these, you know, regular customers who would come, you know, daily, if not twice a day to my little shop on Bethesda Avenue in Bethesda, Maryland, one of whom was Zelda Goldberg. And Zelda's son, believe it or not, worked for Bread and Circus, which is part of Whole Foods Market Mm -hmm. in Boston. And Zelda came one day into the store and she said, Denise, Whole Foods is coming to D.C. And you know what? Whether you like it or not. (laughs) Well, no, not whether I liked it or not. She said, you know, you have to work for them because you are just the kind of person that Whole Foods needs and wants. And I said, well, Zelda, I don't know anything about Whole Foods, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, she kept bugging me about it. So finally I said, "Okay, I'll call him. So I called the office in Boston and I said, hey, I hear you're opening a store in D.C. and that you want to talk to people like me. So do you want to meet? And believe it or not, they said, sure. And we set up an interview um, and I'll never forget it because my interview was on a Saturday in September. And, you know, in D.C. it's still really warm in September. Mm -hmm. And of course, Saturday's a really busy day at my store. So I go in, I get my store open get everything rocking and rolling, end up going to the interview straight from the store. So I've got my Marvelous Market t-shirt on, my my shorts, my tennis shoes, walk in to this hotel uh, meeting room, and there are about 20 people at a table. Because at Whole Foods, we have this tradition of doing panel interviews for positions. And, uh, and how long ago was this? How many oh, years? Uh, almost 20 years. Okay. It'll be 20 years in September. So do you think if, if this was today, that call that you made that said Whole Foods is looking for people like me, do you want to meet with me? Uh, I probably wouldn't happen that easily. Well, you know, well, now um, hiring's done online. You know, you have to put your application in. But there are probably a thousand applications for that. So, Well, you know, we're still, you know, I tell people even today, you know, it doesn't matter where you start at Whole Foods. 
because my theory is cream always rises to the top, number one. And at, at Whole Foods Market, really your future is dependent on a couple things. You know, how much you put into what you do with us and and where you want to go. So, you know, your future still can be affected by what you, you know, effort in equals results out kind of thing. And you were. So where, what was your first job with Whole Foods? What, what were you interviewing for? Well, I wasn't sure what I was interviewing for, um, but they were opening two new stores in D.C., one in Arlington, Virginia. I think that might have been my first visit to a Whole Foods was in D.C. Well, you know, if you ago. came to the Arlington, Virginia store, that's the store I opened. It's on Clarendon Boulevard in mm. Arlington, which at the time was not, you know, anything like how it's been developed today. Sure. But, um, yeah, so I interviewed and they offered me a position as a customer service team leader for the Arlington, Virginia store, which I accepted. And we opened that store on uh, February 29th, 1996. And uh, I've been with Whole Foods ever since then. Have you ever been tempted to, have you had any offers to go anywhere else? Or you just, uh, you just said, this is great for me. And as long as I'm moving forward and I'm happy, I'm here. Well, you know, it's funny because um, I can remember walking out of that interview in September and going, sitting in my car going, you know what? I think I found the company I've been looking for my whole life because, you know, what the things that are important to Whole Foods are the things that are important to me, you know, and it boils down to, you know, a couple things, quality, commitment to um, excellence. Uh, commitment to uh, supporting and developing your team members and being part of your community. And so those are things that were important to me. And that's a key thing in the Northwest because community is what it's all about. So it's probably a little challenging for Whole Foods. I think Whole Foods does a, a great job in, uh, in acclimate, not acclimating, that's not the word, but in entrenching themselves in the community so that they're you, that's a big part of your job is finding local products to feature at Whole Foods, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, I actually, um, you know, people always ask me, what does it mean to be a forager? And actually, I'm not out in the woods hunting for mushrooms. But what I am looking for is people. So my job is really a combination matchmaker and fairy godmother. Because I find people who are doing interesting things to see if they're a match to be in our stores. And then I'm also responsible for the local producer loan program. And that's a program that Whole Foods Market started in 2006 to help businesses that we work with grow by doing low interest loans to them. So it works both ways. I remember I uh, had a neighbor who worked for Intel and that's was his job to loan loan money to companies that would use Intel products. Uh -huh. And I thought that's interesting because that's, that's all they do is go out and find people. They're feeding themselves, really, with, with those. And uh, you're doing a little of the same thing. Do you find you, do you go out and look more or do people come to you? With, um, I mean, obviously people are coming to you. But you also, have, there's a little bit of ego in it that you want to find. You're foraging. You want to find some of those gems yourself rather than having them come to you? Well, it's, it's a combination of both ways. Um, 
you know, once once people get to know you and what you're doing, then obviously they're reaching out to you. But when I first started in this role um, about five years ago, I, you know, and I still do this just because I'm interested in food, but I, you know, go to all kinds of, you know, farmers markets. I love just driving down back roads and seeing what farms are out there, um, networking with lots of people. So, you know, it's, it's a combination of both of those things. So what, what can people do most effectively to get your attention? They have a product they want to see on the shelves at Whole Foods. What, what's the best process for them? Um, well, the, well, I mean, obviously the easiest thing would be to, um, you know, get in touch with me. Uh, I also have a website called thelocalforager.com. So people can, you know, send messages through on the local forager website that come to me. Um, you know, they can also, I mean, our stores have the ability to, for certain kinds of products, um, have the ability to um, add products at a single store level in our region. So that's a great way for people to get started. I found that with my with Damien, my friend at Be Local. He tells me to go to Whole Foods. And whenever I show up at the Tualatin Whole Foods, I don't see them there. So oh. I don't think. I, I, I know I've looked, but... Um, but what does it take to excite you so that you're, it's a slam dunk. A so slam Denise dunk. is going to like make the decision to put something in. Well, I mean, obviously the first thing is all of the products that are in our stores have to meet our quality standards. So people need to uh, know what the whole foods quality standards are. And the shorthand version of that is that there are no artificial ingredients, preservatives, colors, flavors, hydrogenated oils. Um, so that's kind of the basic. Is there there. nothing on the shelves at Whole Foods that has any of those, any of those things? Nothing. Nothing. That's interesting. I never really thought about it. I figured there, that would be the standard for some local things, but nationally that may not be the case. Well, that's good to know. Yeah, no. Well, that's why when you shop our stores, you'll see that there are a lot of brands that you find in other stores that you don't find on the shelves in our stores. And it's because those products don't meet our quality standards. So, you know, quality standards have been a cornerstone of uh, how we've evaluated products that are in Whole Foods Market from the beginning. But I would imagine, so you have uh, some artisans in Portland. Most of those bases are covered. They're, they're, you know, they're out at farmer's markets. They're not put, their products can't uh, have a long shelf life, um, or some of them anyway. So that's being covered, but I would imagine taste and flavor and packaging, all that's part of the mix. Oh, absolutely. So the quality standards is the baseline. And then beyond that, it really is taste. I mean, if a product doesn't taste good, if it isn't, you know, high quality, we're not going to put it on the shelves. Is that just your opinion or do you, do you have a, do you share it with others? So if there's something maybe you don't like, cause you can't like everything. Well, believe it or not, I like most things. I'm I'm pretty adventurous when it comes to food. I can tell you the only thing that I really don't like, and this is a, a trauma from childhood, is liver and onions. <laughs> but I'm going to guess you don't have a lot of liver and onion opportunities going into Whole Foods. No. So it's not really a, a problem. No, but um, yeah, no, but I, you know, it's not just me alone. Obviously, you know, what I'm looking for is 
things that I think will appeal to our customers and obviously lots of other people that I work with get to try things too because you're right I can't can't taste everything and um, and you know and ultimately the customers who shop in our stores are the ultimate deciders because they vote with um, their the dollars yeah how long do you give a product uh, uh, to perform or to show itself before you pull it from the before you decide not this isn't working for us well you know there's not a hard and fast rule but one of the things that I stress to you know producers that I work with is that you know a lot of times people think getting your product on the shelf is the end of the race and ultimately that's only the beginning because as you have alluded to you know there's a lot of competition out there in every category and it's interesting when I sit down and talk to somebody for the first time Generally, the first question that I ask them after, you know, we look at their product and, you know, look at the ingredients and all that stuff is, well, how do you think your product stands out from everything else that's on the shelf? Have you been to one of our stores and looked in the store where you think your product's going to be? And what differentiates your product from the product that's going to be sitting right next to yours on the shelf? And you'd be surprised how many people haven't done that. They can't answer that question? They can't answer that question. Well, that's that's 101, I think, in marketing 101 anyway. They may be good at, at preparing foods and developing them, but if they can't answer that question, that's right. That's a tough one. Do you, um, do you forage at other stores? Do you walk into some competitive stores and take a look at some of the products? Is that oh, where sh- sure. You know, um, I mean, generally, we have probably... A, a majority of the things that are out there in our stores already. But, yeah, I mean, I'm always looking at, at other stores, other, you know, small stores. I mean, you, you'd be amazed where you find new and interesting ideas. So I'm kind of, you know, out there, you know, wherever looking for things. But, yeah. So I'm kind of curious. We're here in Portland, and in so many instances, we have to do with restaurants, artisans, it's like this it's this non-competitive atmosphere that doesn't occur on the east coast you know you spend time in dc that's a completely different place mm-hmm. but um within grocery stores are you supportive of other grocery stores is it really competitive because you're not dealing with a portland entity your whole foods is not is a national presence and some of your competitors are national also but you've got to get down to the essence of portland or seattle when you're dealing with them and in Portland, you'll hear chefs saying, go to that restaurant down the street, try this, try that. Are you with like that with like a New Seasons or a Fred Meyer? Do you, will you easily say, well, you can get this over there and you can't get it with us and here's why? Um, well, you know, we're all about, in terms of um, interacting with our customers, you know, we're all about service. So, you know, if people are looking for something and you know, we don't have it, you know, we certainly tell people, you know, where they can find it or, you know, we actually, if there's something that someone really wants, you know, our stores will take a look at if it's a product that we can bring in, look at trying to bring a product in. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, we're, we're very supportive of, you know, our local, uh, communities and in terms of, working with lots of people and giving back and, 
uh, working with small producers and seeing how we can help their businesses grow. I mean, we've got a number of companies in Portland that we've done local producer loans to that have, you know, really found a groove and are actually, their businesses are growing pretty rapidly. Do you, off the top of your head, can you name talk some of those? One? Yeah, oh, talk about one? Oh, sure. Or a couple that have gone through the program that are doing really well now. Well, Heidi Ho, uh, Organic, the vegan cheese. Mm-hmm. Um, I found Heidi at, a, at the PSU Farmer's Market. She'd only been in business for a few months. And um, her products weren't on the shelf anywhere. And she is now not only in all of our stores in the Pacific Northwest region, but she's in many of the Whole Foods Market stores nationwide. So That's ha- a nice way to get distribution from PSU. Exactly. I'm telling you, it has been an amazing ride. And it's only been four years, if you can believe that. And that's well, that's short and it's also long. There's a lot that had to go on in that four years. <laughs> well, again, you know, it's it's that thing about, you know, the race doesn't stop when you get on the shelf. You know, that's where um, it well, really is about a partnership. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, and her, Heidi being committed to working with us and you know, getting her product in front of our customers and being in store doing demos and all those kinds of things. But, you know, one of the, well, we've actually given Heidi two loans and the second loan she got was um, used to help build her new production facility, which is here in Portland, you know, near the airport. And so that new production facility allowed her to increase uh, production levels so that she could support having her product in m- many of our stores nationwide. So did you identify her at PSU and say you should, Heidi, you should apply for this? Well, you, well, I, well, it's interesting because, you know, I'm walking through this farmer's market trying different things. And, you know, I grew up on a dairy farm, right? So milk is near and dear to my heart and I love all cheese. Um, so here's this vegan cheese um, and really nice woman saying, hey, you want to try my cheese? I'm like, okay, sure. And so I tried her cheese and we started talking and I said, you know, we really need to sit down and have a conversation. So we sat down and had a conversation. And so the goal was to get her product ready to be on the retail shelf in a couple of our stores in Portland. And we started there and grew. And the thing that was really appealing about Heidi's cheese is number one, it's made with fresh vegetables and nuts. So it's not made from hydrogenated oils or soy. Uh, So it's cheese that actually has real nutritional value and it tasted great. And so she's evolved her products from that first meeting to include um, three cheese sauces and three goat style nay chefs. So we now have six products on the shelves in our stores that are her creation because Heidi's a chef by training. And so she developed these cheeses herself. Are you, do you consult with her along the way? You yourself or other people within Whole Foods to say, listen, here's what we need. Here's a good product. Or do you also, do you consult on packaging and that sort of thing? Um, So I'm just curious, you're giving her a loan, you're helping her with all this. Do you ever have situations where it, after the loan happens, it doesn't work out, and there's someone you're you're just not going to carry in your stores. Um, well, so far, um, with my experience, no, 
um, because, you know, um, deciding whether or not we um, give a loan to somebody, you know, obviously the product and all those things are important considerations. But at the end of the day, it's about the partnership and the shared values. Um, So, you know, people always ask me all the time. They're like, wow, it's so great that Whole Foods Market is so committed to being on this local bandwagon because, you know, local is the latest hot trend. Mm -hmm. And I kind of just chuckle and I say, well, you know, it's not really something that we're just now doing because when you think about it, Whole Foods Market started in 1980. We have always worked with producers who are near our stores from the very beginning. So we have been supporting That's local. That's the basic idea. Exactly. We've been supporting local businesses and local products for 35 years. So we've been driving this bus from the beginning. We're, so we're not jumping on any bandwagon. But ultimately, you know, the difference for us is it's really about the relationship and the partnership more so than just a word. And so when you are basing your decisions on these kind of shared values and shared vision, um, generally you don't have things that don't work because, you know, you start out from that same point of view. Mm-hmm. So what makes you, what helps you decide how many stores do you have in Portland area? Uh, well, let's see. We've got eight yeah, eight in So what Portland. makes you decide to go into uh, one store, you know, the Pearl versus some of the other stores? How do you decide which products go where? Well, um, you know, our stores aren't all the same size. So you've probably been to all of our stores in Portland. So you know that, like, the Laurelhurst store is really small. So, you know, you have to, you have to um, number one, have space um, for, to add a new product. Um, Because that's the other thing. So there's some are just harder to get into. Right. Just because the space is so limited. But, you know, the Pearl store is actually the first store that we opened in Portland back in the day. So um, that's always a great. How long has that been open? Oh, let's see. We opened Roosevelt Square in 1999. And I think we opened the Pearl in um, maybe 2001, 2002. That's like a town square down there. I mean, you go to. (laughs) You go there at lunchtime, and, and there's a lot going on. Well, you know, store. when we opened that store back when we first opened it, that neighborhood was very different than it mm-hmm. is now. You could find parking on the street down there any time of the day because it was was a pretty um, frontier neighborhood. Let's put it that way. Well, someone had foresight to open it then because, you know, I moved out here in 05, and all I hear from people are stories about what the Pearl was like, uh, back in at uh, the turn of the century mm-hmm. um and you had to have vision to <laughs> to to do that you hear that from almost everyone yeah well that's one of the things about whole foods you know we don't we um take finding locations for our stores very seriously and so knock on wood you know we've never opened a store that we've ever had to close or relocate um so you know over time you know we might because stores have, you know, gotten too little for their neighborhood or whatever, we might change locations. But, you know, when we open a store, we've put a lot of thought into where we locate it. And like you said, we are that kind of pioneer. We have vision. 
Do you have, uh, speaking of Vision, do you have any other products, local Portland products, that are going to be new in Whole Foods that you're excited about? Uh, let me think. We've covered one. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, you know, we've got, um, have you had, um, have you had Brazy Bites yet? I have. I went to one of their tastings down at uh, Kitchen Crew. Yeah, Brazy Bites. I found them at a, a little uh, parking lot event. They had their little truck there. That was a great find. Um, you know, we've got, um, well, uh, Brew Doctor Kombucha actually was one of our first local producer loans in Portland. What can, what size loans are we talking about? What kind of, what? Well, you know. I'm sure they vary, but they I mean, do. I mean. Are we talking about tens of thousands, millions? How big are the? Well, I haven't done any millions yet, but I mean, the total amount of money that we've lent just in the Pacific Northwest region since I've been doing the local producer loan program is uh, about $1.3 million wow, in total. Word. But the individual loans can range anywhere from, you know, $1,000 if that's what someone wants on up to I've I've done in our region we've done a couple six figure loans so I would imagine it's a good if someone has a product that they want to see in Whole Foods that's a good way to start because you're you're expressing they would be expressing uh, a symbiotic thought uh, process um, with you from the get-go so well and you know and the the part of that that's important about the loan program is that really is designed to be a win-win partnership for both people because having a loan with Whole Foods Market means that you also have a market for your product because we wouldn't lend money to anyone whose products didn't meet our quality standards and wouldn't be on the shelf in our stores. So, um, you know, and part of my job, I feel, is to find the next generation of supermarket legends out there and um, this is one way to help support them in growing. Do you, um, so you must go to a lot of Portland events. I would imagine if you keep touch with, you know, Michael Madigan at Kitchen Crew, he's got a lot of new products going through there. Brazy Bites, Brazy Bites was one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and is that, is that something you've done or you, you yeah, must I have mean, a pretty I've good been, network? I've been to Kitchen Crew, yeah, and it's great. You know, one of the things that's, that's nice about Portland is there's a lot of, different organizations that are supporting uh, food entrepreneurs like um, the Food Innovation Center. I mean, one of the things that I found, another product I found at a farmer's market is Sealy Peppermint Patties. Have you had those? No. Oh my gosh, you are missing out. Uh, You know, actually, I think I might have one in my purse. If I do, I'll give it to you before we leave today. But um, Mike Sealy actually is a mint farmer and his family's been raising mint in the Northwest for over 50 years. And um, he was faced with the prospect of his farm going under because, believe it or not, essential mint oil is not found in a lot of products that are mint these days, like toothpaste, et cetera. Mm -hmm. It's all, you know, artificial mint flavors. So his wife, who just happens to be named Candy, started making these peppermint patties so that they would have something at the farmer's market so people could taste what their essential mint oil tastes like. So I tasted these peppermint patties, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, these are fabulous. We need to talk about getting these into Whole Foods. What a cool thing to have you saying that to someone when you hand them business cards. they got to be pretty happy about that. (laughs) Well, and Mike's another example of his products are now 
in many of our stores nationwide. But again, this isn't just me. You know, this is that partnership with the producer because Mike is super tenacious. Mm -hmm. And he. Michael Madigan, we're talking about. Oh, no. Actually, this is Mike Seeley. Oh, Mike Seeley. I'm sorry. I thought you were back to. I I wasn't following. Oh, that's okay. But Mike Seeley, the maker of these peppermint patties, is super tenacious. And these patties are amazing. Well, I'll we'll have to try that. So you travel quite a bit. Um, what are what are some of the places when you're traveling? Restaurants, whatever they may be, that oh. uh, you look forward to visiting in Portland or even Seattle. Our listeners uh, do a lot of traveling to Seattle and Vancouver. And oh areas. yeah, well you know uh, we're going to be opening a store in Eugene, Oregon next year, and so I've been spending some time in Eugene. I was at the Truffle Festival and. Um, January and um, but I discovered a great little bistro there called the Coho Bistro in Eugene mm-hmm. that I would highly recommend people go to. Um, you know, in Portland, man, we have a wealth of restaurants here. But this morning I got off the plane uh, to come here and I thought, you know what, I need I need something to eat before I get to the radio station. So there's a little bakery uh, in Laurelhurst called La Crema. I don't know if you've ever been there. I have not there. been there, no. Oh, my gosh. They have great... See, that's the beautiful thing about Portland. I know. I'm kind of in... I operate in the food scene. I hadn't heard of that. So oh, it's, it's a great place. I had a, a lovely uh, slice of quiche and a little salad and a uh, latte this morning before I came here. Uh, but, you know, one of my favorite go-to places in Portland, because um, I'm not here all the time, is the screen door. Mm-hmm. And the reason I love that place the is because... The go-to and get into go, Well, but see, usually I haven't eaten all day, so I'm usually there at like 5.30 when it opens, mm-hmm. and then I can get right in. But, you know, the reason I love that place is it's got the best fried oysters I've ever had, and I've had tons of fried oysters. But I don't know what it is about theirs. They're just so light. They're not greasy at all, and they have great remoulade sauce and beautiful vegetables. Um, you know, lots of great, you know, fresh sheet dishes of vegetables that they get there. And then... Um, so where are you staying when you stay in Portland? Where's, do you have a, well, a usually, hotel you're usually staying? Yeah, if I'm staying um, in, in the city proper, I usually stay at the Hotel Deluxe. Okay, that's nice. Because that's near our Pearl store. Okay, I was wondering if you were over near the Laurelhurst store because you were mentioning a lot of places yeah. over there. Well, yeah. So where do you... Uh, Seattle. What's your favorite? What are some of your favorite places in Seattle? Well, you know, there's a new little place that just opened up in Edmonds that I went to a couple weeks ago called Salt and Iron, which is delicious. Um, there's um, a restaurant in Fremont called Rock Creek that does amazing things with seafood. And then there's a little neighborhood bistro by my house called Salturo, which is one of those finds. You know, it's one of those restaurants tucked in kind of a little neighborhood that you'd never think about, but has really great food. So, um, I don't know. There's just lots of places. Oh, there's no eat. shortage in yeah. the Northwest. It's just whatever list you're working That's off. That's right. Of. So, um, before we finish, tell me what exciting is happening at Whole Foods this summer that we can look forward to. Um, well, let's see. What's exciting? Well, Other than the is Eugene opening this year? No, but you know what is opening? We're actually opening two stores this year. One near Tacoma, Washington, in a town called University Place. Mm-hmm. Um, the store is called Chambers Bay. It's going to be opening on May 7th. Oh, that's right around the corner. It or is right around the corner. By the time this hits the start streaming, it will have already happened. Yeah. 
So um, there's that. Um, in uh, September, we're opening a new store in Vancouver, actually in Burnaby, which is a town right Vancouver, next to... Vancouver, B.C. Vancouver, B.C. So we're opening a town, in, um, a store in Burnaby, British Columbia, which is pretty exciting. Um, in August, you'll be able to go to our stores and meet lots of our local makers. You know, we always focus the month of August on highlighting our local producers. And so we have meet the maker events in all of our stores where you can go and actually meet the people who make the food and try the food. It's really fun. Well, that's like a farmer's market in Whole Foods. Mm -hmm. So where do people find out? Is that just wholefoods.com? Each store has its own website. Each, each store has its own Facebook page and, um, and uh, web page. But yeah, if you go to if you go to wholefoodsmarket.com and just uh, select your favorite store, you'll see the calendar of events for that store. Oh, that sounds, there. That's, that's almost something to put on the calendar and just do in August, hit all the stores mm -hmm. and, uh, and come home with all the great stuff. Exactly. You have a really fun job. I'd like to be you for uh, at least a little while. I like what I do, but I'd love to, I think you have a great job. Well, you know, I've always felt that I've had the best job every job I've done at Whole Foods Market, but this is, this is I think, probably the best of the best jobs I've ever had because it's really that opportunity to, you know, help people. And, you know, I, I'm telling you, being a farmer, being a food producer is really, really hard work. Um, but, you know, helping to tell the stories and highlight the products of the people who work so hard every day to create these beautiful foods that are in our stores is just something that I'm really honored to be able to do. Uh, so there's another thing you can do other than doing the uh, offering loans, Whole Foods and identifying them. You find any wonderful local producers and want to get in touch with us, please do get in touch with Heather or Heather or me and We'd love to talk to them on the podcast. Those, oh, those that are the would stories be great. that we, you're talking about, the stories behind the products. That's what we like to do. So. Yeah. Thanks so much. We appreciate the story behind uh, what you do at Whole Foods. It's been a pleasure. Well, thanks. It's been really fun to be here. Right the Fork is recorded in the beautiful studios at Alpha Media and expertly sound engineered by Court Johnson and produced by me, Heather Jones. If you want to find us, we are on iTunes and Stitcher and SoundCloud. We love ratings and reviews, so thank you to those who have done that, and please, we hope you'll continue to do so. You can find us at portlandfoodanddrink.com and portlandfoodadventures.com and, of course, right at thefork.com discoverportland.net and now at foodcartsportland.com. Lots of great places to find us. We're also on Twitter, Food Podcast PDX, and of course, Facebook as well. Also on our website, we now have a donate button. So if you enjoy the podcast and want to see it continue, please donate and thank you so much. <laughs>